Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by CGC Cards, card grading all in one place. CGC Cards is devoted to expert grading of collectible cards, including TCGs, sports cards, and non-sports cards. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by GemRate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Caster Sports Collectibles Podcast. We talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is November 11th. Happy Veterans Day, Drew. Happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there. Thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. We are on Season 5, Episode 45. Drew, we only have like, I don't know, five or six more episodes left to the for the show this, this year. Yeah, it feels like it's just, I mean, kind of flown by here. It's like the last couple months or so. It really has. The the other, the voice on the other line that you're hearing, his name is Drew Pelto. He is from Arlington, Texas. He is on YouTube at DFW Graffer. Make sure you follow him. He posts all sorts of cool videos. He's also on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call that. He is on uh, Instagram. Just make sure you follow Drew. He has great content every once in a while. He writes something for Sports Collectors Daily. You got anything in the works? Uh, nothing right now, but if uh, anything comes to mind, I'll definitely be uh, putting the pen to the paper here on it. Yeah, I love your articles. Keep keep up the good work. Make sure you check it out. Drew Drew uh, sat in for me a couple weeks ago when I was on vacation, and he always uh, he did a great article on uh, 72, right? 72 high numbers, Did you was it? Yeah, I've done 72 high numbers uh, article there a while back. And yeah, a couple others I've cranked out along the way. I think we need a, ho- a hockey card article from you. Yeah, I'll have to think about, like, what to go with on that. Because, I mean, yeah, I'll have to see if there's, like, you know, some set I can really kind of come up with anything really good you on. You should do your there. set, your, your, um, the one that you're collecting, the, the, uh, eight, the 89 set, 8089 80, set, right? Yeah, I could do something with that. Uh, possibly, I mean, something even with, like, the Tops Total hockey set. Cause, I mean, that was an, I love Tops Total in baseball and football as well, but they only did it in one year of hockey. And it's like, why and why wasn't it expanded out more than just the 440 cards but yeah i could do something on that possibly i picked i picked up a, a bunch of tops total patriots when i was at the show last week oh, yeah so yeah. i got i got a, a bunch of those i i like those cards i don't i don't remember them coming out there's just so many cards you know there's so many cards that got released and you're like where the heck was i when when you know metal universe was out and all these other cards i that i would have collected but i just you know they just there's just so many cards especially back in the late 80s and early 90s right they they, yeah. they, they were just coming out with set after set after set and the thing is is they were they were all kind of affordable right it wasn't like today where you have to go spend 500 dollars on a box of cards right you could get you could they was pretty affordable, but uh, yeah, I think I paid like forty bucks for a box of uh, Tops Total when it first came out. And yeah, get two thirds of the base set out of that without much of a problem. I wonder if they're gonna if Fanatics is gonna bring those back once once they kind of you know, settle all the the you know they get all the rights and stuff. Maybe it's gonna be interesting once the 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 fog clears, so to speak. What 
um, cards they're going to keep and what yeah. what sets they're going to keep and if they're going to um, if they're going to do the prisms and all you know the stuff that that uh, Panini has and and come to some type of understanding. I think that I think that would be the best for the hobby in in general and keep the keep the lot you know keep those names alive because we we were really concerned when they when we heard that tops was was not was losing all the rice like what do you mean no there's not gonna be any tops baseball cards you know what i mean it just didn't it didn't make any sense yeah i think if i mean if like fanatics ends up buying out panini or anything like that i think you'll see them like say okay you know in a couple sports we'll keep prism and a couple sports will go tops chrome or something like that you won't see a overlap of like you know a tops chrome baseball yeah. and a prism baseball for example you won't see tops gallery and diamond kings it's probably gonna be just diamond kings in that case but yeah, yeah I, did, Mosaic, I, I bet I, was, I bet Mosaic stays. That's a great that's a great set. Yeah, Mosaic, I think it'll stick around a couple others here and there, but I hope they resurrect something like, you know, a total or something like that, like they did for so long. Like Upper Deck 40 man tops total. There was a Pacific one, Pacific Complete, I think was the other one, where they literally put out every a card of every single player on the roster in there. And I love stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. I'm a proponent of big sets where everybody gets represented. Yeah, yeah, for especially with TTM, you know, you always want to get the offensive lineman right in football, and you always want to get the backup catcher in baseball. And I, yeah. I love, I love getting those guys. Yeah, I mean, give me the fourth line forward there from everybody, and even like you know, just looking back at the tops total set right there, there are guys who played eighty-two games the year before who somehow did not get into that tops total set, and it's like, how is this possible? I mean, you've got twenty players on a roster across you know, 28 teams, I guess, I think it would have been at that point in hockey, maybe 30 teams, I guess. Yeah, 30 teams. That should be more than 440 cards. That should be about 600 cards. They only did 440. It's like, uh, guys, come on, let's, let's, let's mix this in a bit. Give me that Don Sweeney card, you know? You know what? You, you, you brought me off the ledge. I was, I was, I, I'm, all, I'm all worried about what's going to happen with all this stuff and, you know, how as collectors we're going to get screwed. But I think, I think we're going to be okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very optimistic today, Drew. I, I hope so. I'll I'll try to be as well. I mean, I, I have I have my I have my thoughts and opinions on that and why they don't do it, but hopefully they'll they'll see the light. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think the you know the the hobby's kind of um slowed down, right? That we're not we're not in this huge growth period and I think prices have kind of come back a little and um there is still and when we you know we do the new re- releases every every week and there's always too many car, uh releases if you ask me, but um you know, I think I think the market will will rectify itself, right? I think so. I mean, there's there's only so much money you can put into the markets there and everything, and eventually the duds are gonna they're gonna disappear and the good ones are gonna stick around. Right. The cream the cream rises to the top. All right, hey, but just a couple of things when we're we're looking at this week, um, this NBA Cup tournament that started last week, and uh, I just watched the game. It was the Celtics and the Nets. Uh, they changed the floor. I don't know if you see they they change all the when they have a, a tournament game they change the floor and they took away the the parquet floor at the garden which I hated and I don't know why I don't really like that they call it the NBA Cup. I think it it's a Stanley Cup and that's it. You shouldn't steal from the Stanley Cup's been around for a hundred years or whatever. Come up with another name, right? Yeah, that's just yeah. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. It's like. What else? Are they, what are they going to do next? Are they going to get like you know a triangular pedestal with a basketball on top of it and like totally rip off a Lombardi trophy for yeah, it or something? I, I, mean, I know. I don't know. It's, it's, I I don't like it. I, and I I usually like new stuff. And uh, it just I was watching the the this is how crazy I am. 
I was watching the the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Uh, did yep. you watch any of that game? I actually caught part of it. For some reason, we had it on the TV. What a, there for what a great game! Great, yeah. great game. I, you know, I was going flipping back and forth between the basketball game and the uh, the hockey game. Well, the game went into um, overtime, and they yep. you know three on three. That's the best thing, Drew. Three on three hockey is the best. Yeah, I've I've gotten more into it. I mean, I've I'm I've always been a traditionalist. I prefer five on five for everything. But hey, I also would prefer you know a like ten minute five on five overtime, and then if it ends in a tie, it ends in a tie. You know, that's it. But yeah, three on three is at least it's fun to watch. It was it's slow. It's really good. This there was so many breakaways and one on one, you know two on ones and great passing and the goalies are standing on the head making saves. I was like, this, these guys are awesome, and yep. I think. Uh, penalty shots are a dying art. Yep. These guys cannot do a penalty shot. Yep. You know, at the end, you know, when they do the at the after, it's tied at the end of the overtime, they do the shootout, and these guys are like, you know, the mini one on ones would do better than these guys. These, these guys, I don't know why these guys can't shoot a, a penalty shot. Yeah, it's just, I think they're trying too hard, you know, go deking the goalie there when it's like no what happened just you know snipe one from the hash marks you know but yeah, yeah. that's the what the two goals that went in that i that i think it was uh toronto ended up winning um yeah. three to two i think and two of the goals that went, went in were just like well i don't know how and the goalie never even clearly even seen the puck he the guy shot it so quickly it was so good yeah but i, I was um i am four three on three hockey and i am i hate this nba tournament hey i am headed off to washington dc on wednesday this wednesday we have the uh, bob feller award of valor uh, presentation it is going to be at washington dc at the naval uh museum or naval i don't know naval station or something or other and we'll got my, my wife and i are going to head out um carlton fisk and john gray are the two winners this year carlton fisk is not showing up which we're all pissed about uh yeah. but he's not showing up but john gray will be there and uh it uh, you know we've, we've been work, working hard I, work, I do a lot of work for the, the group and uh it's been it's been fun so it'd be fun to see see the guys that i've been working with and uh, uh spend a day in dc have you you've been to dc right several times yes one of my favorite cities out there um i would highly recommend if you can get to a jose andres restaurant definitely do so china chilcano is one of the best places i've ever eaten at very affordable and very good. Yeah, we're we're literally flying in uh, Wednesday morning. We have to I have to be at the the locale at three thirty to do all the setup, and then we've got the the thing is from six to nine, I think, or six to eight, and then we're we're all going out to um this place in D.C. for dinner after. So we're yeah. the schedule is very tight. <laughs> right, right. Well, next time you ever end up in DC, then yeah, up, I know. we're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna see if we can do one of the Smithsonian's or do something in the morning after we we get there uh, after we check into our hotel. But looking forward to it. Also, I picked up a couple of um, Tops Update blaster boxes uh, from Target the other day. They were they only had a couple on the shelves. That the card this there's still a lot. Of, there's a lot of cards now. You know, Mosaic and Prism, and there's a lot of cards on the shelf now. Uh, Tops series, they had a bunch of top series one. They only had four or five of the update blaster boxes, though I did I did grab two. Um, I you know I've got the series one and series two that I collected. I basically I have the whole sets, and I kind of get I got to do this for update. I don't, I don't think I have a chance a choice, right? Yeah, 
exactly. It, it, it's pretty good. I like I like the top ups the update. There's a lot of rookies in it. So, um, how's your week so far? It's good. Haven't really done a whole ton of uh, collectibles related stuff. There's still kind of I still got to sort through all the stuff from uh, going out to the celebrity softball game there last weekend and uh, getting all my stuff cataloged out of that. But yeah, just kind of trying to uh, get some of these TTMs written. I mean, I've got all of these, this whole stack right here that's addressed and stuffed and just nice. Well, that's letters good, right? That's yeah, a good so pile. I've got about a 25, I think, in this pile here, and I've gotten about another seven that I've written so far. So just got to crank through the rest of these, which I might do while watching some uh, college football today. I think uh, Ohio State plays uh, Michigan State today. So I can write out those while I'm watching that. And yeah, just drop those in the mailbox on Monday and we'll see what happens there. What, do you keep all your stuff in binders or how do you how do you keep it organized and do you do you have anything do you have uh, anything that you uh put in frames and have out in in your your uh, office or anything like that I've got all of my sets are in binders so they're easy to flip through and look through and all that yeah anything that's not part of a set I have just these big 5000 count boxes that I've got all the cards sleeved and they're in order uh, by sport Broke down by sport, by year, by set, by card number in that order. All of my unsigned stuff is sorted by sport and then alphabetical by player. Just to make it easier okay. for searching out. But yeah, just keeping all that. I don't really have anything framed right now. But uh, like back when I was still working in the office at Panini before we went to working from home, I usually would have a few things on my desk, like you know, some signed uh, baseballs and pucks, mini helmet, photo or two, something like that. Cool. Very cool. All right, bud. Thank you. You know, we have a really fun show for you guys this week. Uh, we have collector. She is a um, photographer. She is a uh, artist. She uses baseball cards in her art. She is also a uh, sports card collector, and she um, is works. Uh, she's a member of Saber. Her name is Donna Muscarella, and uh, she's a, a New York woman. And we talked to her about all her passions. So it's a really fun interview. And I love to talk to women in the hobby and and see how they got involved. And uh, I think we have a lot more women nowadays than we did. 20 years ago and uh it, it, i think it was a really fun interview so we have that coming up also we have all our regular segments right drew yes we do indeed let's pull the list back up here real quick there we go we've got baker's dozen as uh, as we said we've got all the uh, news from the previous week in the hobby donna muscarella as you said will be joining us in collector's corner and we'll get some appraisals from les wolf we've got making the grade covering everything about grading in our hobby we've got stamp approval where jeff and i go outside the boundaries of the hobby a little bit. We give our two thumbs up to anything that might come to mind, whether it's anything food-related, travel-related, uh, something we've seen on TV recently. You never know what it's going to be. We, we try to vary it up as much as we can in there. We've got the Vern Rap Minute, where we cover death in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing, we will let you know if they have passed on. And, of course, the main reason why we all are here, our TTM return. I know we we fail. We I think we both get like C minuses this week for for our TTM returns. Yeah, this 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 was not a uh, not a good week at all. All right, guys, we love to hear from you. We love to get feedback. We love to um, if you have any questions or comments or you'd like to be a guest on the show because we're always looking for people to interview for Collectors Corner. Please send us an email to TTMcast at yahoo.com. And that you can use, you can use that for anything. You need to talk to Drew or I. That's what you, you use. We're also on all social media. I am on Cast TTM on Twitter and TTM Cast everything else. Drew is DFW Grapher on everything. So make sure you follow us on social media. All right, guys, that Drew wraps up all our introductions. Let's get right into Baker's Dozen. 
Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Just a couple uh, housekeeping things to talk about first, guys. Collects, C-O-L-L-X. Download the app. It's a free app. You can get it in your uh, your app store or your Google Play store. And it is a great app. You just you can scan your cards in, find, uh, find out the value of them. Uh, you can sell, trade, do all sorts of other cool stuff. They have a new marketplace. Well, what Collects is giving you $10. $10 to do whatever you want uh, in their marketplace to buy as many cards as you can find for $10. And all you have to do is send us your collects username, collects username and email it to us at ptmcast at yahoo.com. All right, guys, come on. You're making me look bad. We, I don't think, I think we've had the first last week was the first week we haven't had any collects users. So hopefully come on guys, let get, let's get some, get some uh, collects usernames out there and let's send them over to collects and get you 10 bucks. All right. Good. I will say right. I did. I have finally burned through my ten dollars on there this week. Yeah, I did. I did too the other day. <laughs> Got my last. Uh, bought. A, I picked up a uh, Germani Dawson rookie card, Hall of Famer for in the NFL world, nice. and an Eric Dickerson rookie card as well. So I'll hopefully get those in quick and I can get those out and get them signed. Very cool. All right, Drew. Time for our favorite promotion, right? Our fun promotion of the year. We're going to do this from now until the end of the year. Now to the end of the year, it is called Give a Card, Get a Card. It's we did it last year. Uh, what you do is you send a you send me two cards that are signed that you got from TTM, two cards that are signed. Put and I need a uh, self-addressed stamped envelope. Put it put it in an envelope. Send it off to me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you back a, a card that I've received from another listener. So all it's like good, you know, listeners sending cards. You're gonna get you're gonna get one card from a listener, and one of the other the car, other cards you get is gonna go to signatures for soldiers and help out the uh, soldiers. So we've done it. We did it last year. We're gonna do it this year. We're gonna run it from now until the end of the year. Uh, you can do multiple cards if you want it, but I need multiple envelopes. So if you send me five cards, please send me five envelopes. It just makes it easier when we. We do. We put we put all the mailings together so we match a card up with an envelope. Just please, if you're going to send me five cards, send me ten cards. That so I need five cards to send to the to uh, signature for soldiers and five cards that will go out to different uh, listeners. Drew Drew did a bunch. We have we had a bunch of uh, people that did multiple cards last year. It's a, a fun time to kind of network with other collectors uh, i'm sure people you guys have doubles of and triples of cards that you you uh don't mind get getting or maybe you know and i try to match it up so if you send me you know wade boggs card well i try to send you an andre dawson card or something you know a, a hall of famer i try to match up the quality of the card that you send me uh to the the, the card that you're going to receive so i try we i did i did a pretty good job last year i drew right you got a bunch of cards that you you hadn't needed right yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I got in there that I had gotten before. So yeah, it's I mean, 
And best of all, too, I mean, if Jeff knows like what teams you like, he's done. I mean, he did with me. He sent me like some Cleveland Browns guys or somebody like that. So uh, if he knows you, he might be able to try to help you out with stuff that you're looking for, too. Yep. And I'll try to, you know, if I see that you're a Phillies guy or you're, that you're you like the Reds or whoever, I we try to match up best we can. But uh, we're going to start it out now with this is kicking it off. I'm going to have all the information up on my, our website, ttmcast.com, ttmcast.com. Everything will be there. Will be There'll be a, a button for it, give a card, get a card, and uh, click there. All the information will be the how-tos. The My address will be there to where to send it to. So, guys, um, help out. You know, ha- Let's have a little fun this holiday season, and let's help out um, Signature Soldiers. They're great, uh, great charity, and uh, they do – yeoman's work to earn money for veterans so uh today is veterans day so let's you know we, we can help out a veteran and get a card we're gonna we, we're gonna we're gonna keep it give a card get a card drew because i couldn't f- think up any better name <laughs> it, it works fine it's i mean when i know when we came over last year we're just like oh god this is terrible and now it's like after a year it's like it's not so bad it works, it works i agree out. it's not so bad it works all right guys uh, speaking of, uh, of great listeners and, and sending cards out, uh, Caleb Craig, who's an awesome guy in uh, Colorado, who's one of our listeners. He's been, I think he's been listening since day one. He, he's a, a really cool guy. He sent me a, a Christmas card and in a holiday card. And in the holiday card, he included three signed cards to me. He knows that I'm a, uh, a Boston sports fan. And he sent me Tommy Hodson. I forget who the other two guys were, but he sent me, he sent me three autograph cards. So Caleb, thank you very much for the, Holiday card getting a little early jump on it, and I don't. It doesn't surprise me at all. Caleb's a good guy. Do you know Caleb? Do you follow him on social media at all, Drew? Yeah, I think I've seen him around a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's he does. He's he's a great TTMer. So, Caleb, thank you for the card. All right, Drew, we have a bunch of new releases. This is a this is a high end one. It's 2023 Topps Definitive Baseball Hobby Box. Uh, you know what? I I went on yesterday. Uh, these boxes are going for two thousand dollars. And they're sold out. They were sold out. I can't believe that. So you're going to have to go to eBay to find them. But you get eight hits per box, six autos, and two relics for two grand. That's 2023 Topps Definitive Baseball. Uh, and I it said I went to the the Topps store uh, yesterday, and they, they were all sold out. $2,000. What do you think they are, Panini? I know. <laughs> Speaking of Panini, we've got a Panini Origins football has uh, hit the shelves now. $300 for a box right there. It's going to be seven cards in one pack. But out of those, you can get two autographs and one memorabilia card. So once again, $300 for Panini Origin football. Those are nice-looking cards, too, Drew. They really yep. are. I always like that. All right, we got 2023 Panini Chronicle Baseball just came out. Eight cards uh, per pack, six packs per box. You get three autos going for $133 or, or, or thereabouts. It's 2023 Panini Chronicle Baseball um for 133 bucks got some uh, tops archives baseball hitting the shelves now this year's uh designs are gonna be using the 1956 65 and 2003 tops designs in that set you get a uh, 24 packs of eight cards in each box there including two autographs 129 dollars will be your price tag did you pick one of those up yet because i know you I like those not. Yeah, I like archives, but there's uh, I don't have like any connection at all to 56, 65, or 03 sets, so I'm probably going to pass on that, but it's still a fun price break every now and then. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm vacillating back and forth on whether I should get it, because I do want to get the uh, Topps Heritage High numbers when they do come out, you know? Right, and those, exactly. those should be out right soon, really soon, right? 
Yeah, typically it seems like the last couple of years they've been around November or so, and yeah, I'm hoping they're, they're going to do the minor league set along with it too. I haven't heard anything about that either. I know. They, I think the, they're all kind of all messed up. Their their releases are all messed up. Uh, new releases. We got a hockey release, 2023 Leaf Ultimate Hockey. This three cards per box, going for about 195 dollars. Now Leaf is a was an unlicensed product. But um, they have a lot of good autographs, right? They have a lot of they they have a they do a good job in their design. It's some they're nice looking cards, and they do a good job in autographs. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's the 2023 Leaf Ultimate Hockey for 195 bucks. Got some uh, basketball from Tops coming out as well. Tops from McDonald's All America Basketball available in blaster boxes now for 25 dollars. In there, you're going to get seven packs of four cards per pack. I believe it is both men's and women's players from the All-America, the McDonald's All-America game. In there, you're also going to see two Ray Wave refracting parallels as well as, I mean, it's Chrome. They're going to have all kinds of different refractors in there as well to keep an eye out on. But only $25 price tag on those uh, blasters of McDonald's All-American basketball top Chrome. Yes, some TTM fodder for you, right? Yeah, at, exactly. at, at an inexpensive number. Lastly, we have a Panini certified football that came out. You get 10 packs, five cards per pack, two rookies, and uh, three numbered parallel cards in it. They're going for about 270 bucks. That's uh, Panini certified football for about $270. Well, Drew, that wraps up uh, our new releases. We have uh, some show news to let everyone know about. Yeah, we got the Big Philly show coming up at the start of December. It'll be running December 1st through the 3rd, and great list of autographed guests on here. Very heavy on Philadelphia Eagles quarterbacks, you'll see here. But you've got former uh, <laughs> to Eagles say the least, right? Yeah, exactly. You've got a former linebacker for the Eagles, Bill Berge, is going to be out there. Former Phillies pitcher Jamie Moyer. Well, Phillies in about seventeen other teams. He pitched does, for about. Does he sign through the mail, Drew? Uh, he charges now, but he does sign by mail. I mean, he does, yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, he's you know pitched for about fifty-seven years or whatever it was in there, so he's going to be out there. Former Eagles wide receiver Mike Quick. Here come the quarterbacks. You've got Randall Cunningham, Ron Jaworski, and Donovan McNabb all there. Unfortunately, I don't see Bobby Hoying on that list. Come on, guys, <laughs> fill in the gap in there. I, I, we need, we need the, we need the Buckeye. Uh, Cole Hamels is going to be there, former Phillies pitcher. Dennis Rodman, Kurt Warner, the running back, will be there. The former, uh, former Seahawks running back. Uh, Paul Molitor is going to be there, and Gary Payton from basketball. So. Very wide-ranging group of uh, signers there for the Philly show and a whole lot more than we didn't even list there. So go and check it out if you're around the Philadelphia area December 1st through the 3rd. Yeah, the two shows, uh, I should say, three shows I want to attend. I want to go to one of the Philly shows one of these days. I want to go to the Chantilly show one of these days. And I want to go to the Toronto show. Those are the kind of the three shows that I, I, I'd like to attend yeah. in, my, in my old age. And now we can go start traveling again, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. Um, next up, we're going to go right into Collector's Corner. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning, pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Get your first $5 on the app automatically by scanning a card, adding it to your collection, and listing it for sale today. So, Drew, I had the privilege of talking with Donna Muscarella. She is a um, photographer, a baseball artist. She's a collector, um, and she's she's really passionate about cards and about baseball, and I think it, it's a fun interview. So, please enjoy my time with uh, Donna Muscarella. All right, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We have Donna Muscarella. Donna 
is a photographer. She's a visual artist. She's a mixed media baseball artist. She is a member of Sabre. She is a card collector and a TTMer and a promoter in the history of Hinchcliffe Stadium. Did I get it right? Hinchcliffe Stadium yes, in New did. Jersey. <laughs> Welcome, Donna. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I, you know, I'm so looking forward to it. I, I want to thank Mark Hoyle for for hooking us up. And, uh, uh, you know, I love talking to people that are passionate about baseball and, and collecting and you fit right in. Uh, you know what? I know your dad got you really involved in the game as, at a young age. But what, did, what do you think has kept you with the game uh, as you got older and, and uh, became a professional? Um, combination of nostalgia and just a, a, it was a baseball was a huge bonding thing for my dad and I sure. and um being that I mean even when he was here I was obsessed with the game um but now even more so it kind of keeps that bond going even though he's no longer with us um plus it is such an absolutely amazing way to meet people and make friends no matter what ballpark I go to, no matter where in the country I am, and I haven't done international baseball yet. I'm hoping that's going to change next summer, but we'll see. Um, there's always somebody who has a kind word to say or a new friend that becomes a lifelong friend. And it's just, aside from the nuances of the game itself, which I also find absolutely fascinating, the social aspect to it is absolutely fantastic. You know what? I love your 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 artwork because you incorporate baseball cards and, and other uh, media in in your artwork. How did the what inspired you to do that? And I know you use Alan Ginter in a lot of your your uh, artwork. Why did you choose Alan Ginter? Two reasons. Number one, I'm a Ginter nut. And I absolutely <laughs> love the product. Um, you like the two, egg in the in the buildings and all I, the other stuff. I like I, all, the, I, all the quirkiness of it is just absolutely joyous. I know it's not baseball related, but if you look back to the original Allen and Ginter cards, it wasn't straight baseball either. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the look of the cards. I love the quirkiness of the cards, but in terms of pairing them with my photography, I think they they complement each other very nicely. The, the watercolory look of the Ginter card with the um, sharpness of the photography, I think just pairs really well together. Do you have a, um, a an artist that, that you follow or inspired you in terms of a baseball artist? I know there's a lot of guys that do cut cards and other, other things. Is there anyone that you like? Um, well, in terms of a baseball artist that inspires me, um, Dick Perez, for sure. Sure. Um, and you can actually kind of see a little bit, um, as Jason Schwartz very quickly pointed out to me last summer when we had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Perez, um, it, it, my style kind of follows his in that it's a large image of a player and, and a smaller inset of, of a player. Um, that was completely subconscious, not intentional, but you can see the influence. Once Jason pointed out to me, I was like, duh. <laughs> um, so in terms of overall baseball art, um, Dick Perez, for sure. Um, also, Greg Kreindler, um, from a photography standpoint, Gene Fruth. Um, in terms of modern baseball artists, 
Um, I love Josh Trout's work. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Anika Auric is another one that I don't really follow the style of either of them, but I, I really enjoy um, what they do. Um, Heavy J, Jason Schwartz is one of the people who gave me the courage to kind of go public with um, my artwork idea and inspired me by how he um, was creating this artwork and doing it 100% for donation to charity. Um, so those are a few. Do you um, prime, do you use digital or do you use uh, film when you're, you're creating your, your uh, photography? And um, have you always used color? Is, uh, is black and white something that you're, you look to explore? I adore black and white photography. Um, I, I, I switched to digital. I was late to the game, but I switched to digital, I believe 2010 ish. Um, so everything before that in my library is film. So if I'm doing something and I haven't done it yet in terms of my mixed media pieces, um, but the older stuff I need to go to film for, and then the the more current stuff from 2010 on um, is all digital. Is it just economic because uh, in terms of views going digital, or do you like uh, does digital give you a better uh, picture uh, than, than film, or is there just is there a reason for it? Digital doesn't necessarily give me a better picture than film. Digital gives me more freedom to shoot. I don't sure. have to worry about bringing a gazillion rolls of film with me um and it's more economical yep uh, you know, <laughs> at the rate at i know which, film is so expensive yeah, and, and, and developing and storage space and the rate at which i shoot if i was doing that with film you know i don't have to worry about oh my gosh i'm two frames from the end of the roll am i going to miss a shot like, I don't have to go off and, and shoot, waste two shots just to be at the start of a roll again and make sure that I can switch the film fast enough, so on and so forth. It's just so much more freeing. I do still enjoy shooting film, and I do bring my film camera out every once in a while. Um, but for for my game work and my stadium work, I'm I'm 100% digital at this point. Do you um, have a favorite subject? I know you do a lot of Yankees, and, and Aaron Judge seems to be one of your, your favorite people to... Uh take a picture of it. Do you have a favorite subject? Um, you can see on, on, I guess over my, well, here, <laughs> um, Kelsey Whitmore is another person that I enjoy photographing. Um, she is, uh, she's a female ball player, two-way player. She pitches and she plays left field. Um, she plays for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks of the Atlantic League, which is yep. an MLB partner league. Um, and she is not only really enjoyable to watch on the field, but she's a wonderful person. Um, and to me, that's really important um, that you be a good person as well as good on the field and enjoyable to watch. Um, I look, I love shooting baseball. Outside of baseball, there's a ton of things I love shooting as well. Um, Nick Swisher was another one that I loved photographing. He was just so much fun. And I used to enjoy sitting when he was when he was playing for the Yankees, um, sitting in the short porch in right, and he would come out and ham it up for my camera. Like he knew <laughs> where I was and and it was just really very, very funny. 
Um, I enjoy shooting ballparks. Um, I enjoy shooting like the obscure stuff. I, I posted something on, on Twitter ages ago, it's now X, um, about how even in rain delays, like I find joy in ballparks. I will find the odd obscure things to shoot or the way that the lights are reflecting off of the tarp on the field or or the way that the raindrops are pooling in the tarp or, or, or something that somebody's doing in the stands. I, I'm never not happy when I'm around baseball and I will always find something to shoot. Do you have a favorite park? I, I, I'm sure you like the older parks, Fenway and Wrigley and those those yeah. parks but yeah. even some of the newer parks so do you like any of the newer parks um camden yards which i guess isn't newer at this point but it's kind yep. of what set it all off cam i love the atmosphere there i love the way that they treat their out-of-towners yankee fans or not um and by the way the fact that i shoot so many yankees is just by virtue of convenience it's what's closest sure. to me um, I do, I love going to City Field. I think it's a beautiful ballpark. I wish I had gotten to Ebbets Field. I didn't. Um, not old enough to have done that. Um, but locally, Ebbets Field, uh, Ebbets Field. There we go. City Field <laughs> is my favorite of the two. Um, I think PNC in Pittsburgh is absolutely spectacular. Um, Coors Field, the view, the sunsets, the mountains are great. Um, Seattle ballpark. I don't know what the heck it's called now, but whatever it is used to be Safeco. Um, those are, are some of my uh, out of town ballparks that I really enjoyed. I'm, I'm missing 10 ballparks, eight cities. Okay. So we'll get there eventually. And the uh, your dad really got you involved in baseball and in collecting baseball cards. Did um, he keep his cards from when he was collecting as a kid? And, and uh, did you did you get access to them? Okay. He, yes, he kept his cards, but my grandmother had something to say about that. And so the story goes that he kept his cards, never flipped them, never put them in his bike spokes, never rubber banded them. They were all meticulously kept in, in those days, shoe boxes. Yep. Um, and he had, you know, he was born in 46. So you can imagine what his collection was like. Sure. Um, and I know how he kept his other things. So I can assure you they were meticulous. And he was drafted and went off to um, Puerto Rico to serve. Brought my mom with him. They got married and they were already engaged, but got married in very short order. Four weeks, put the wedding together. Went off to Puerto Rico. I was born down there. And um, when we came home, we were temporarily moving in with my grandmother and my uncle to her very small two-bedroom apartment. And three more people were coming and she wanted to give a proper home. Oh, no. But, oh, no. So the closet got cleaned out. And why does a grown man with a family need his childhood baseball cards? And so they survived until 1970. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I know that, that must have been so heartbroken for him. Yep. Yep. And, and, and look, looking back, I, I, my dad uh, grew up about the same era. And uh, when he went to college, the somebody broke into his parents' house and stole everything. Oh, everything in the attic. They they took everything in the attic, and all his all his Bowman cards and early Topps cards were there, and they just they took it all. And this was this was in the late you know early sixties, 
when they, when they weren't worth anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, from a sentimental standpoint, yeah, they, they were, I'm sure they were worth a ton to him. And to me that, I mean, the monetary values, I say, Oh, I have a fill in the blank. Right. But from a sentimental standpoint, it, for me, collecting is all about connection to the cards, connection to the game. It's not about what the cards are worth. Um, never has been, never will be. And um, yeah, so I never got to see his cards, but I do believe that that's why he he kind of recollected through me. Yeah, I was going to say, did so did you guys collect together growing up? Did he he kind of uh, like my dad owned a drugstore, so he used to bring home packs of cards for us and when me and my brother. So that's how we got involved. You know, we got started collecting. Um, and it was always we'd go to Seven Eleven and uh, you know buy buy ten packs of cards and, and buy him a pack of cigarettes and that's how that's how we you know when we were kids that's what we used to do. But sure. did, what did you do? How did you collect with your dad? Um, we couple of different ways we would go um on sundays or late saturday night because in brooklyn the sunday paper would come out on saturday yeah uh, you could pick it up saturday night so either saturday night or sunday after mass before we went to my great-grandmother's um which is what we did every sunday um we'd go to Tayamo and we'd buy the newspaper and sometimes i'd get baseball cards <laughs> and See, were, i always got baseball cards i <laughs> well, you know I, I was one of four so you know we had to uh you know be be fair to all and not everybody was collecting at that point or at least not collecting baseball cards at that point um but and plus you know there there was the idea of uh not so much earning but that you can't have everything all the time um yeah i so, was spoiled <laughs> i'll fully admit it i was spoiled oh, i was i was spoiled don't don't get me wrong i was spoiled um but it just it wasn't always with baseball cards um and of course there were always baseball cards from santa claus there were always baseball cards from the easter bunny never baseball cards from the tooth fairy but tooth <laughs> money went towards baseball cards um so, do you have a favorite do you have a favorite set do you have a favorite uh, year from tops um probably 84 okay because um, of Lee's rookie Lee's rookie i just like the look of the cards with the inset um i, I probably 84 and yeah it's it's Lee's rookie year um in terms of individual favorite card um because of the story behind it dave winfield's rookie card that was um, my next question to you you know <laughs> oh, really <laughs> Um, well, I want to get back to how else I collected with my dad and then, okay. and then we'll talk about favorites. So we also um, went to card shows together once they started becoming popular again. Um, that was a common weekend activity for us. You know, it, we didn't go to a ball game every weekend, um, but in in Brooklyn, you had your pick of card shows every single weekend. and And it wasn't just oh, let's go buy some cards and look at some cards. It's who's going to be there signing. Yep. So it was, that was just a great thing for us to do together in terms of collecting um, and straight into adulthood. He very, very much supported the collecting habit for me um, in terms of, of favorite individual card um, again, for sentimental reasons. So the story goes, 
that um, was home in Brooklyn one weekend. I don't remember Saturday or Sunday. And the King's Plaza Mall was the closest big shopping spot to us. Um, my parents were at the mall for some reason. I don't know. I was home and the phone rang. This was long before cell phones. Um, phone rang and I picked it up. It was my dad. Now, for my dad to be calling from a payphone. Right, like, it's like, what's the matter? What happened? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, everything's fine, but you need to get here and you need to get here now. And I'm like, why? What? How can you say everything's fine? Dave Winfield's here and he's signing. Grab something and get here as fast as you can. Well, I didn't have a car and I don't know why I didn't take the bus, but I pretty much ran to King's Plaza and I got there and with my Dave Winfield rookie card in hand, because that was the first thing that I knew that I could get my hands on that for him to sign and got there. My parents were close to the front of the line, walked in, met him. My hand disappeared into his. He was, I mean, he was an enormous man. Mr. Winfield, I'd, I'd love for you to say thank you so much for doing this. I'd, I'd love for you to sign this. Are you sure you want me to sign this? Yes, Mr. Winfield. Yes, please. I'd love for you to sign. You sure you it's gonna run it? No, 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 no. <laughs> so he signed it for me. And I'm I'm thank you. So, oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure of meeting you. Blah, blah, blah. And my dad goes, oh, not so sure you're going to think so kindly of her after this or something along those lines. And he puts his hands on my shoulders and turns me around. Now, remember, I rushed like whatever I was wearing is what I was wearing. And I was wearing what they call today a jersey. Um, It was like the with the team logo on the front and the name and number on the back. And it was a Mattingly shirt. But. Sorry, I I didn't have time to put on something <laughs> either. Go as it was, and, and you know. So so that's for sentimental reasons. That's that's my favorite card that existed while my dad was around. I've since started collecting vintage, um, and so I mean those cards are just beautiful. Period. But the Winfield working. Hey, did, have you had a chance to share that story with Winfield uh, after? Uh as you got older or no 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 someday i hope but no not yet that do you I, I understand you you ttm uh a little bit a little bit so who are some of the people you've you've gotten uh returns from brooks robinson yep. nick swisher um chance adams while not a big name now was a big yankee prospect then um i haven't done too too much um, trying to think who else. A couple of other minor leaguers, Garrett Whitlock. Yeah. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is I will send them my photos. I'll send two copies. I'll say, keep one for yourself. Please send one back signed for me. And um, that's not what I did with Brooks Robinson because when I got to see him play, I wasn't old enough to have a camera that was gonna capture him well. Um, he did a couple of Ginter cards and a baseball for me. Um, I wrote him a very, very nice letter and he sent back the most amazingly inscribed baseball. I mean, it, it was, I, I have it here. I just want to. It's kind of funny how the old timers, their signatures are so much better than the yeah. current day players. Yeah. There's one, two, three, four. He put four inscriptions on here for me. And I, I mean, you're not going to be able to see it. I don't. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I can't see. But with can't the see virtual, it. it, yeah. No. Well, there. Well, yeah, kind of. There you go. I see. I can see it. That's nice. Kind of. So, yeah. So, um. How about, I know you do in-person as well. Who are some of the in-person yeah. people you've gotten? Oh, my gosh. Um, In-person, I've gotten, let's think. Uh, well, if you go, like, way, way back. Um, Whitey Ford, Carl Erskine, Carl Ferrillo, Duke Snyder. Um, nice. it, it, that was what my dad and I used to do when we went to the card shows. Billy Martin. Um, a lot of the Yankees from the eighties. Um, did you meet Willie Mickey? Randall. Did you meet Mickey Mantle? We saw Mickey. We did not meet Mickey. My dad met Mickey. Um, we saw Mickey at um the Westchester before it became before it started being called the East Coast National back in in the or if it was called that back then we didn't know it. Um, we we're at a, a that's where we saw him. But the the line was ridiculous, and my dad was like, "No, I mean, and the prices were crazy, and oh, it sure. was it was yeah, I mean, and 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 it wasn't that he wasn't worth it. It was it was going to be like a two second thing, and my dad had already met him, um, and I was like, well, yeah, it would be nice to do, but I decided, and I don't know if this was the right decision or not." Um, I decided that I would rather go look at old baseball cards with my dad than stand on a line, um, to, to meet Mickey Mantle for 30 seconds. Yeah. That's um, a hard one. It, it is. And, and I, I, um, I, right. Cause when you look back at it from a nostalgia point, you had a great time with your dad and you got to look at cards and that, that, that's irreplaceable. Right. But also the chance to meet Mickey Mantle. Right. In hindsight. Yeah. It's nice, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't equal the time you spend with your dad, right? Exactly, exactly. And and you know, I if if I think if my dad hadn't met him, it would have been a different story. I would have because just to see the look on my dad's face meeting his second favorite baseball player, right? His first favorite ball player was Gil Hodges. He grew up in Brooklyn, he was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Um, and then it transitioned to Mickey Mantle. Not that he ever stopped loving Gil, but he wasn't rooting for the L.A. Dodgers. Um, and he wanted a local guy and Mantle became the local guy. Yeah, I spoke. I had Gil Hodges Jr. on my show. I spoke with him for a while ago. He was what, what a nice guy. And it was nice to just hear him talk about his dad and the Brooklyn Dodgers and growing up. And he was he was there for the Mets in 69. And it was sure. You know, it's it, it, it's nice to talk to someone who was there, right? That yes, absolutely, and... absolutely. I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Hodges Jr. at his dad's induction. Oh, nice! Um, it was it was just right time, right place. I had a um, custom fifty-five Dodgers jersey made because I couldn't find the jersey with the the number on the front in red and no name on the back, so. It unfortunately had the Nike swoosh on it, but I kind of tried to do this with my hair and hot. <laughs> um, but I had a, a replica ish 55 Dodgers jersey made um, and um, wore that to the induction ceremony. And there was a group there from um, Mr. Hodge's alma mater, and they somehow got word 
to Gil Jr. that they were there and he came and talked with them after and took photos and they presented him with a t-shirt and, and a commemorative bat and all sorts of stuff. And I kind of just stayed, took a couple of pictures and, and I was like, okay, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm going to go over and talk to him. And, and he saw the Jersey and we had a very nice conversation, took a couple of pictures together and it was, it was great. That's nice. We're speaking with Donna Muscarella. Donna is a photographer. She is a visual artist. She is a, a member of Sabre. She is a card collector and a TTMer. Uh, she also promotes the history of the Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe Stadium in New Jersey. How did you get involved with that? And why don't you tell people a little about the, the stadium? Because people uh, outside of the Northeast probably don't uh, know anything about it. Sure. Um, so Hinchliff Stadium is one of the few Negro Leagues ballparks that is still standing. Um, it was, it's about 11 miles from my house. And sadly, as much of a baseball fan as I am, I didn't know it existed until 2020. Um, I found out about it because during the pandemic, when baseball cards were either through the roof in terms of prices or really difficult to get modern. Um, I wanted to feed the collecting bug. So I decided that, well, maybe I'll try and start getting some postcards of ballparks where Negro leaguers played. Sure. Not necessarily. I mean, obviously the collection can include them playing, you know, Forbes field, originally Yankee stadium, whatever. But I wanted to see if there were any postcards of, dedicated Negro Leagues ballparks. Um, so what do I do? I go to Google and I say, well, I need to get a list of what some of those ballparks were. And because of the wonderful way that the Google algorithm works, at the very top of the list is one in Patterson, New Jersey, and it says it's still there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So Kismet, um, right? It's Kismet. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. And you know, a little bit prior to that, um, the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum had kicked off their centennial celebration for the 100th anniversary of the founding of uh, the Negro Leagues. And um, they were doing a tip your cap campaign. And so I was like, oh, it would be really cool if I if I made my own baseball card that as part of the tip your cap campaign to help educate people and promote the Negro Leagues. Um, and I was like, but where am I going to take the picture? Because I can't get to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I can't get to... Right, which is in Kansas City. Right. I mean, right, we're in the middle of the pandemic. So I, can't, I mean, I've been there, but wasn't able to get there then. I couldn't get to the Jackie Robinson Rotunda inside City Fields. Couldn't get to the Jackie Robinson plaque inside Yankee Stadium. And I'm going, oh. I mean, I suppose I could have gone to Queens and gone to one of the Jackie Robinson statues, but I, you know, we were in the time where like even doing that was kind of, even though it was an outdoor thing, like we weren't doing it. Um, so I was like, okay, scrap the tip your cap thing, whatever. It's sad, but what what am I going to do? I'm not just going to take a picture of me standing in my backyard, tipping my cap. That's silly. <laughs> so I find out that this ballpark exists and I'm like, Tip your cap is back on, baby. I'm going and I'm taking a picture <laughs> there. So 
um, I enlisted the help of my brother, Anthony, to come and take the picture for me because A, I'm horrible with selfies. B, if I'm tipping my cap and taking the picture, I'm like, oh, this is going to be really awkward. So um, we get there and I come to find out that I had been parking next to the place for years and wow. had no idea what I was parking next to because it's right next to the Patterson Great Falls. And I've shot the Patterson Great Falls probably more than a dozen times. And that's where I would always park and had no idea what it was because the place was in a state of complete and total disrepair. Oh, From the sad. outside, it, it, it wasn't marked up with a lot of graffiti from the outside, or if it was, somebody was good at cleaning it, but that was the only thing that was getting cleaned if they were cleaning it. The inside was completely overgrown. There were trees growing out of the stands. Uh, um, it, that must it, have been heartbreaking for you. Absolutely. I mean, to get there and realize that that's what it was, it was like, oh, and I've got goosebumps on top of goosebumps as I'm walking around this place and I'm going, when you think about the names that walked these same steps that I'm walking and we found a hole in the fence and went in and through the, the, they had black topped over the fields, unfortunately. Um, but on the side of, um, I guess kind of a little annex building that I don't know if it was original or not. And it's now gone. There was a great Larry Doby mural. So little bit of, of, Aside from it being a Negro Leagues ballpark that was built in the throes of the Great Depression, um, it's also where Larry Doby played high school baseball and high school football. Oh, wow. And it's where he was discovered by Effa Manley and went on to play for the Newark Eagles and was the first about 11 weeks after Jackie Robinson broke the National League color barrier or reintegrated baseball, um, reintegrated the National League. Larry Doby did the same for the American League with the Cleveland Indians on July 5th, 1947. Um, and it all started there. So there was a, a giant mural um, and that's where I did my tip recap and turned it into a baseball card. But as I was walking around and and just imagining the, and I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about it, imagining the people that were there that played there and imagining people coming and sitting in the stands and seeing them play and knowing that it's an American dream story that, oh yeah, you tell me I can't? Well, I'll just go off and start my own and do it myself. So there, um, I decided to create a set of baseball cards um, that featured my photography on the front and stories about the ballpark and the Negro Leagues on the back. And I created those um, in a limited edition of 50. I do still have a few left available um, and um, sold them with a portion of the proceeds being donated to various organizations that help promote and preserve the history of the Negro Leagues, such as the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, um, the Jerry Malloy Negro Leagues Conference, which is part of Sabre, and the uh, museum that is planned at Hinchliffe Stadium. So the, the happy ending to this story is the place was in crumbles, um, in shambles, and um, it's really, really bad shape. Um, absolutely heartbreaking. 
And in uh, early 2021, uh, the mayor of Patterson, Andre Seya, announced that they were going to restore the ballpark. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. So there was now, has Major League Baseball stepped up and, and, and made donations? No? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know that um, Harold Reynolds was very vocal in getting the place saved, um, as was Willie Randolph. He is um, he shows up there and it, promoting the game and, and um, getting inner city kids involved in loving the game, because if you don't love the game, you're not going to play the game um, is something that's really important to him. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know if major league baseball made a donation or not. I know that there was a substantial amount of government funding. Are they uh, resotting the field? Are they going to resod the field? And it's, it's turf. And <laughs> now, now here's, so, so here's, okay. As I said, it's turf. I'm going to preface everything I'm about to say with it's better than a wrecking ball. Whatever, however they're using it is better than a wrecking ball. The place was preserved the history, the stories are going to be told again. There's going to be a museum there. Um, a, a person who uh, graduated from Montclair State University, Charles Muth, donated $5 million to help get um, the museum effort off the ground. And hopefully it will be open within the year. Fingers crossed. That's great. That that I just love when that, the history is preserved and the history of the game is preserved and uh, is you know you, you stumbled on a, a gem right a, <laughs> a gem yeah. in the rough yeah and, absolutely and you were luckily enough for you and, and for the people that were involved that uh they saved it before it did get destroyed yeah well it 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 had been it's what another thing that's interesting about Hinchliffe and I could talk about it for hours on end but I won't um the uh it's actually part of it's a national um it's part of the National Parks Foundation and it's a National Historic Monument now. It's the only ballpark that is part of the National Parks system. Um and cool. yeah, so there they couldn't destroy it, but it was self-crumbling. Um, so now it's been it's been restored. The baseball configuration isn't the best, and they're playing on turf. They chose not to restore the Negro Leagues configuration it plays it 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 sits and is shaped very much like the polo grounds it's okay. an oval um so it's an oval and the field configuration the original field configuration was very similar although the dimensions weren't exactly the same was very similar to the polo grounds it was about 280 down the lines and over 500 to dead center to send a field wow yeah yeah um they changed it now. They've kind of shifted home plate off to the side. It's very weird. Um, but look, they're playing baseball there. Yeah, they're playing baseball there, which is is fabulous. Right. They're they're playing you know high school ball there. They're playing um, professional baseball there with the New Jersey Jackals. Um, they had a Larry Doby Day there um, on July fifth. The Baseball Hall of Fame came down with Mr. Doby's plaque on Juneteenth and did a play ball clinic for the kids and then did a press conference announcing the name and the donors of the new Negro Leagues exhibit that's going to be at the Hall of Fame. 
Um, they did a hands-on clinic the following morning with a bunch of school kids and try and get them excited about the game and involved in the game. So there are good things happening. Very cool. Well, that, that's very exciting. We are speaking with Donna Muscarella. Muscarella. We'll get it right, Don. I promise. <laughs> You're good. She is on Twitter or X at the lens of Donna M. The lens of Donna M. If you want to follow her on Twitter, she is a photographer, visual artist. She is a member of Saber. She is a card collector and a TTMer. And we're talking about the history of uh, Hincliffe Stadium, which is uh, one of the original um, Negro League stadiums, the only ones that's still active. So she did a, did a lot of work for that. She has, um, Donna, why don't you give people a place where they can look at some of your uh, artwork and some of, of your projects. And if they're interested in purchasing something, uh, they can they can follow you there. Sure, thanks for that chance. Um, like you said, I am on X at the lens of Donna M. I'm also on threads and Instagram, same handle. Um, you can also see a digital portfolio of my mixed media artwork at um, behance.net slash the lens of Donna M. Or you can email me at the lens of Donna M at gmail.com. Um, I do have some pieces already done and ready to go, but I'm always happy to take commissions um, as long as it's something that we can match with something that's in my photography library, whether it be a photo of a stadium or of a particular player. Um, I did a fun piece for somebody who collects baseball mascots. He said, hey, do you think you could do something? And Alan and Ginter has done a couple of series of cards that tie into mascots. The particular card that we used was from their series called Mascots in the Wild. And <laughs> we took one of my photos of a brown bear that I captured at the Bronx Zoo and paired it with that mascots in the wild for TC Bear of the Minnesota Twins. Um, so that was a fun one to do. Um, and I, I do statues of Larry Doby statue. Uh, yeah, Larry Doby, uh, Roberto Clemente, Yogi Berra. I've done so far and those pieces are, are in happy new homes. Um, but I've photographed lots of other statues and, and I'm always looking for new projects and places to put on my list of places to travel in, in, you know, next year or in the future. So um, yeah, I absolutely love doing it. It combines so many of my passions and it helps spread joy. And that's what it's all about. I know. How can you not smile about baseball and history and, and, and mascots and all the cool, cool stuff that baseball has Absolutely. to offer, right? Absolutely. Guys, go to the lens of Donna M. You can click on, there's a link right there that, that'll take you right to um, all her stuff. And it, it's really, it's really cool. Um, you can see the the joy and the, 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 the love of the game and Donna's work. And it's really, it's really um fun it's fun stuff so make sure you check it out the lens of donna m just go to twitter or x and uh you can start from there and if you uh want to reach out to donna she 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 messages everyone so just message donna if you have an uh, idea for a a project for her because she will will certainly put something together for you yep yeah, i mean it's all one of a kind stuff it's all custom and and i love whether it be for gifts for your collection whatever like I said, it's all about spreading the joy of the game. Don, all right. One more collecting question, then I'll let you go. I really appreciate your time today. Um, what, what's the one card you want to add to your collection that you don't have? Ooh, the one card. 
Is it a Koufax rookie? Is it a? No, it's not a Koufax rookie. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay, the answer could be different any day of the week. Yeah. But today we're gonna go with Satchel Page. Satchel Page, the forty-eight Satchel Page card. That's what we're gonna go with today. That's a that's a pretty card. The fifty three card's nice. The fifty three tops is nice. Fifty three is as well. is beautiful. But I I that's why I was like, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna mention a year. Any satchel page card, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll just say a satchel page for today. All right, Donna, thank you. I really appreciate your time today. It was great to talk to you about baseball and about your dad and uh, collecting cards. And it was really fun uh, fun to spend some time with you. So I want to thank you for your time today. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk baseball. And uh, this was great. This was a lot of fun. All right. We'll have you on again, I'm sure. Thank you. Love to. Bye-bye. Scanning and cataloging your collection has never been easier. Thanks to the free Collects app. Join over 1 million other collectors in digitizing and pricing your collection. Once you've scanned some cards, you can easily list them for sale or buy from other collectors. And now you can even get your first $5 to spend on the app by just scanning a card, adding it to your collection, and listing it for sale. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store today. Sure, she, she's a good, uh, she's an autograph collector, she's a TTM, or she does... Uh, she's she's gotten all sorts of uh, you know 50s and 60s cards she's getting getting into and um she has some really nice uh work artwork that she's done so make sure you you can uh, check her out she is at uh i think she's at donna m on twitter i'm sorry i don't have it right in front of me but yeah we we talked about it in, in the interview make sure you, you follow her on twitter because she she has a lot of cool stuff so donna thank you for your time we really appreciate it Drew, next up is More With Less. And now it's time for More From Less with hobby legend Les Wolf. This segment is sponsored by CGC Cards. All card grading, all in one place. Certified guarantee company CGC, devoted to the expert grading of collectible cards. Visit cgccards.com today. Well, Drew, I think we've been doing this now for almost a year, right? Of doing appraisals with Les. He's yeah. We, oh we got it, we got it's been a while. Cool, yeah, we got three cool appraisals from Les, which was really neat. And uh, we got we listeners sent in, so thank you for sending them in. We're gonna we're gonna appraise some uh, items. We also talked to Les. Les uh, spent some time with Kurt Warner, the quarterback. So he met Kurt and got his autograph on a bunch of stuff. And we talked to. Less about that. And I think next week we're going to look at um, guys that are not in the Hall of Fame, but should be baseball. That's going to, that we're going to, we're going to do that next week. So uh, I want you list Drew. We, we need guys that you think might, should be in the Hall of Fame, but aren't in the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to less about uh, those guys, if they should be in or not. And we'll talk some uh, about if they're good autograph signers in the site. So please enjoy my interview this week with Les. He does appraisals and also, also other stuff. So please enjoy my time with Les Wolf. All right, guys, it's that time for the show. My favorite segment, of course, and we're talking about Les Wolf. More from Les. Hey, Les, how are you? Outstanding. And how you doing, Jeffrey? Good. I missed you last week, my friend. So you know, I, I can't. I got to get my Les Wolf fix. You know, I, I think you missed me, like you missed the rain. Nah, not at all. Well, Les, we have a couple things that we're gonna 
do your uh, get your opinion on appraisals uh, from listeners that we sent in. But first, let's talk a little uh, TTMing return and and collectibles and all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, I know you got you got a TTM return back this week. Yeah, I got back Art Mahaffey on his Sports Illustrated, and he did a couple of inscriptions. It's pretty nice, actually. Do you you know we were talking Sports Illustrated? Do you do you try to get them so the newsstand? Sports Illustrated as opposed to subscription actually, or it doesn't really matter to you? Actually, to tell you the truth, I bought it in a collection and it, you know, it came with the, with the uh, mailing label on it. Okay. So, do, you you take know, the ma- could, do you try to take the mailing label off or you just leave it? Very rarely do I try unless it looks like it's coming up. But I also made a major score. So if anybody needs Kurt Warner, oh my God, he's a throwback. What a sweet, nice guy. Wow. What, what'd you get? Would you see him at a show? No, uh, well, he does Monday night football. So a friend of mine hooked me up with the hotel. So I, I called him up and he, I got there at eleven. It was deep in Jersey, and he, you know, he made me wait till four or something. Oh, so I waited like long, five hours. That's a long day. Up. Yeah, but you know what? He came down. He could not have been any nicer. I told him I was a big fan, which I am. I mean, I have like I like every Sports Illustrated, every ESPN magazine, and three different color photos. Plus, I had my Heisman helmet, not my Heisman, my uh, Hall of Fame helmet and two giant minis. So I got him to sign everything. And oh my God, what a sweet guy. What a nice guy. I, I was saying to my friend, I wish all these major athletes now that are out there could take a lesson from Kurt Warner. What a nice guy he is. Did you, did you, did you swap any uh, football stories with him? Uh, not really. He, you know, we I was just busy concentrating. <laughs> I got like seventeen different things signed. So, uh, what, most what's your my, what's your favorite one out of all the things you got signed? Uh, my favorite, um, a couple of the SIs that I got signed, night and nice photos I got signed. Um, I, you know what, I really, you know, his story, you know, in case anybody's never seen it, um, it it's just a great movie. What's it? Uh, what's his? Um, what's his signature go for? 75 to 150 depend, depends on what it's on. What do you, do you sign everything with blue Sharpie? Well, I like to use a blue Stadler. Okay. And because this way I don't have to worry about it, that, that the move, uh, smudging. Hey, have you seen the, um, the Yogi, you were talking about movies. Have you seen the Yogi Berra documentary that's on Netflix? No, I haven't. I heard it's very good. Oh, it's very good. You have to watch it. I will try. They had, uh, you know, they had, they had every, they, they had uh, all the stuff with him and Steinbrenner. They had all the managerial stuff. This war years, uh, you know, all the stuff with the Yogi Yogi Bear and Yuhu and just, it's just like it's just a great, great uh, film. His oldest granddaughter was one that produced it. So she had that, access yeah. to a lot of stuff, you know. My friend uh, Ed Chowder is his agent, the family agent. He's one that helped do a lot of stuff. Have you been down? There's a, a museum in like Montclair, right? Have you been down to his, mu- yeah, his museum? Yes, I was there a long time ago. So, yes, sir. Is it nice? Yeah, very nice. Cool. All very, right. Well, so I, how did you how did you get hooked up with um Kurt Warnigan? Because you knew he, he what was he in town to do Monday Night Football? Yeah, he did the jet game. I I asked him who, who did he like, and he told me to 
the Chargers. I, I knew he was right, even though I'm a Jet fan. Yeah, we talked about it before when the season started. The, yeah, they were going to be in trouble offensively, and they just you know lose losing Rogers killed them. Wilson Wilson is not the answer. Oh, well, the offensive line isn't the answer either. No, I know. Well, look at my Patriots with the offensive line. They they can't do a squat. Well, you you're going to lose Belichick. You think so? He seems doesn't seem Kraft doesn't seem to be too happy with him. Well, you know, I, you know what? I'm not a I'm not a Patriot fan. I hate the Patriots because of Belichick. But I but I will I will say one thing. I'm kind of surprised is that you know Belichick is such a good coach, but why doesn't he have an offensive coordinator? Why he keeps on using defensive guys to be the offensive coordinators? That I don't. Yeah, understand. I mean, there. I don't know how many Patriots games you've watched in the last couple of years, but they're very boring. They they. There's no imagination to their offense, and it's just... It... Wait, my friend. Have you watched any Jet games lately? I know. It's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. I mean, the Jets, you know, hand the ball off to Brees Hall or try to get it to uh, Garrett Wilson. Other than that, we're in trouble. All right, ba- baseball free agency. Is Otani going to sign with the Yanks? No, no. He's going to go to the Dodgers. If you I'm him, so? I- if I'm him, I go to the Dodgers anyway. I thought he might go to maybe San Francisco. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's. I think he's got Dodgers written all over him. Uh, he's, he's perfect. He's perfect for LA. Um, do you like Cody Bellinger? Because he's gonna he's gonna be a Yankee. I think. I I just hope he doesn't get hurt, and I hope he continues doing what he does. And I also hope the Yankees don't don't kill themselves with contract. With him, I think they need to. I think they need to say to Giancarlo, "See ya." I think they. I think they need to keep Lemayhu, have one season veteran, and I think they need to clean up. I don't think they should take a flyer on Freddie Montas. I think they should say, "Freddie, see ya." Frankie yeah, Montas, rather. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's a. He's an injury. He's an injury prone guy. Well, the, the Yankees screwed up. He was hurt before they got him. They didn't. They didn't do their diligence due diligence on that one so uh it, it's it's a you know and cashman sounding off and cursing that ain't that's not cool i just think the yankee yankees are in trouble they, have, they you ever gone, have, have you ever gone down to um any of the the uh, winter meetings or the gm meetings to, to get no, autographs that I've never done have you no i haven't no i never i've never done that i think i think it would it'd be fun Probably, but if I w- if I went down, I'd want to be in the actual meetings. I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, on the outside. I'd want to be listening in on those meetings. No, I know. Wouldn't it be fun to be there and watching the guys try to make trades and stuff? Oh yeah, that would be a lot of fun. All right, but how are you doing uh, in terms of purchasing any co- collections? Have you purchased any uh, collections recently? Um, I got a little bits. Uh, nice Emmett Smith single signed football. Got a bunch of. Uh, another guy like Marshall Falk, uh, Emmett Smith, Vinny Testaverde, Keith, Keith Byers, Jeff Blake, Tim Brown, Randall Cunningham signed football. Got a nice perfect game ball with Wells, Cone, and uh, Larson. Oh, that's a nice put, one. Where they all put their perfect games on that. Now I just need to add Domingo Herman, whatever team he ends up signing with. Um, got that in. 
Uh, what else did I pick up? Um, working on a couple of the collections, but but I gotta tell you, it, it it gets to be a little aggravating, you know, when I you know when I get all these you know different collections in because I have to send them off, to, you know, to be authenticated, and a lot of times I I more often than none, some of these people don't think I'm telling them the truth when I say, listen, I'm not interested in the Munson signed card because it's not authentic. No, I got that from the clubhouse guy, blah, blah, blah. My father <laughs> got it. I'm saying, well, I'm sorry. You know, you can keep it. It's not authentic. And how do I know you're telling me the truth? I said, well, you should know I'm not buying it. So that should tell you something, you know? Yeah. So I mean, you, you're, you're to the point where you can look at, at it. Nine, 95% of the things you write. know by looking at it. I would, would you agree? Some of them I get fooled. I mean, I prefer to, send them off to get confirmation, you know, send off to some of the authenticators to get confirmation on it. But yes and no. I mean, it's like, like I said, it's kind of scary on some of this stuff. I mean, there's so much bad stuff out there. I know. And, and I think, you know, having a Jimmy Spence out there is just, you know, we don't realize as collectors and dealers what a valuable tool Jimmy Spence really is. Um, and I'm not just saying because he's a friend and I really like uh, JSA and Jimmy and R Ryan Devine and all the people that work there. It's just that years ago, you know, everybody, it was like the wild, wild west with autographs. And a lot of these, when, I, when I'm looking at these older collections of people and they're saying, you know, saying, oh, I got that in person. I bought that on eBay, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying, well, you know, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, a lot of your stuff isn't authentic or I'm just saying I'm not I'm not interested in that. So I, I, you know, I'm glad to see that that Jimmy's around, that he did what he did. And he's an innovator, innovator and a creator. And, you know, he's just good for the hobby. I mean, we should you and I should have Jimmy on as a guest. Yeah, I've had, really, I had him on. I had him on a couple of years ago, but um, well, let's see if we can reach out to him and uh, you and I will interview him. Together. Oh, definitely. I, I would love to, because Jimmy, J like I said before, he he's like uh, he's like that diamond in the rough that you know is out there doing a good job, but you don't really know how good a job he's doing. Did they did they um forge a lot of Thurmanson stuff? Did they forge? Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fake Thurmanson stuff out there. Um. I would say there, there, there is some, not a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Um, I would say I would say probably Mantle is probably the most forged of any of them now. Mantle and William and Williams, right? And Dimaggio. Well, Dimaggio for a while, um, and he. This is a funny story. Dimaggio used to answer his mail all the time, and for a couple of years. His sister started signing it. And back in the 70s, when we'd get everything in person at the hotel, uh, Joe came down and we, we all knew that those signatures weren't were his because they had that loop in the O at the end of the O. Yep. And he didn't realize that, that his sister was signing them. So for a while, he started signing his mail again. But I had no idea that his sister was the one that was signing it. Yeah, but there, I think, I think there's a lot. I've seen a lot of forgeries out there on on Joe Dimaggio, Williams, and in Mantle. It seems to be a ton of that stuff out there. I I would say Mantle's probably the highest of those three. 
Yeah, I agree. All right, but let's we get we have some uh, items that our listeners sent in to uh, get your opinion on. Why don't we why don't we run down those first? Uh, first, we get from our friend uh, Chris Bellick, who is a great listener of ours. He sent in a baseball signed by Carlton Fist. There's seven inscriptions. The inscriptions are Pudge, HOF 2000, all-time leader, games caught 1,226, 376 home runs, 1,330 RBIs, rookie of the year 72, and 11-time All-Star. So there's seven inscriptions on a Carlton Fisk signed baseball. It has a COA from Steiner Sports. Um, what's your first? What's your thought on, on the the ball and the value? And what's your thought on getting a ball with so many inscriptions? You know, it's interesting. I used to be, you know, I'm good friends with Tommy Cattell, who was Mickey Mantle's first agent, and I used to buy get a lot of stuff signed by Tommy and, and Mantle. And he had a lot of baseball signed with inscriptions. I mean, I thought, you know, back then I said, who cares? I mean, I had a, I had a, I have a ball, Mickey Charles Mantle, a couple of those I don't mind. Um, they're nice. Uh, the people go nuts over the inscriptions, though, and they'll, they'll spend crazy money. I would say probably three to five hundred would be my guess on that, without having seen another one like that. But it's kind of it kind of defeats its purpose. I mean, I think the main thing you always want to have is the guy, the hall of fame and maybe a hall of fame year on the ball. Yeah. I like a nice clean signature. I like just the guy's signature in the hall of fame and that's it. Yeah. That that's what I, that's what I, I kind of, I would like also, but you know, nowadays we've become so, so focused in on trying to have something different in our collection. So people are getting all these extra inscriptions, which is not bad, but, I'm kind of like the old school basic Hall of Fame would be fine with me, you know, or something, you know, one, one inscription, you get a million inscriptions. That's more probability that the ink is going to fade on the ball or it's going to have some toning issues, but that's a nice ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like Danny McClain. You go to Danny McClain, Danny McClain puts his friggin' writes a book on the ball, you know? <laughs> well, Danny McClain needs the money. So he, does. He, he found the gimmick to help himself, uh, get extra money you know I, I give these guys credit at least at least he's not you know robbing banks or forging checks anymore True. So, uh, yeah that's that's fine with me all right the second item that we sent he sent in is a sports illustrated magazine signed by the core four Derek Jeter Jorge Posada Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit has a letter of authenticity from our your friend James Spence it is a let's see what is let's see if we can find a date this is May 3rd 2010 issue there's the four four guys it says the core four um nice clean signatures right the signatures are nice and clean yeah nice nice blue sharpie those um, and, and and it is a um newsstand copy it does it is not a uh not a subscription copy because there's no no label on it um it is not it has not been graded um, or authenticated by you know um, CSG or CGC, um, but piece, it's still the, it's, uh, it's still a nice piece. Oh, it's a beautiful! It's beautiful. Um, it's you know it is a newsstand copy, which is by far more uh, desirable uh, than uh, than one with a label. 
How would uh, you display it? Would you frame? Would you frame? Would you frame it and and put it up someplace that it doesn't uh, expose to light, or would you just keep it in? It looks like he he has it in a a plastic wrap. How would you display it? Well, my issue is I don't have the room anymore <laughs> <laughs> to, to put everything up on. You up and on, me both on the wall. Um. Um. I would probably keep it uh, in a plastic, and in with my other my other uh, my other issues. Um, what well, what's for, the what's the value of this? For a while, these um, were going for three to five thousand. You know, for people that completed it, I would say they probably have gone down a little bit. But I, I personally, being a Yankee fan, I, I love it. I, I would say it's got to be at least thousand to three thousand in that area. You know, you you can't get hurt, and it's still Derek Jeter, and you got two Hall of Famers, him and Mariano, and it's not going to go down in value. And with with Jeter working with MLB to get anything signed, it, it's expensive. And, True, and I mean these guys are all signing, right? Rivera, I, I see Rivera all, all over the place signing, and. Jeter, Jeter, I don't know. I haven't seen Jeter do paid signings, though. Jeter's only been doing it through MLB. Yeah. Uh, and Posada, I'm not sure about Posada and Pettit. Pettit, Pettit, Pettit was, I think Pettit's the toughest one of the group, isn't he? Yeah, Pettit just was working with the Yankees um, as an advisor now. Uh, I, I think anything anything signed by the core four is always nice. Uh, I'm 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 a little more partial than the average person because I'm a I'm a diehard Yankee fan, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that. Yep. I, I have that in my own collection, so I love that stuff. Do you do you have this you have this signed? Yes, I do. Very nice. All right. Now we got one more item. We got a, a, a eight by ten picture of Hall of Famers Mickey Mantle and Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson, of course, just passed away, is authenticated and by PSA DNA. It is a picture of Mickey sliding into third base. It's a nice, clean uh, Mickey Mantle autograph. It looks good to me. And the Brooks Robinson, I don't think anyone's forging Brooks Robinson because he signed everything. Um, Brooks is there. It looks like it was, it, this looks like a Yankee Stadium picture, right? Less because it looked, I think Brooks is in his um, road uniform. I, I have seen this photo before. What I have seen is pretty funny ones where where Brooks writes, you're out, and Mickey writes, I'm safe. Um, I, I like this. Uh, I would say, couple, you know, three dollars $400 fairly easily. Uh, and speaking about Brooks, I don't think if anybody out there had has not ever met Brooks Robinson, didn't have the pleasure of meeting him, one of the nicest gentlemen on and off the field, and if you were a collector in person or even in the mail uh, and you had the honor of doing, having something signed by him, you know, it's not going to be worth a lot of money, but it's the fact that he was just, just a gentleman, like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And that mantle autograph looks good to you, right? He got it at a show in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania yeah. in the eighties. That, that looks good to you. Oh yeah. I mean, it's in a PSA holder. Yep. I, I that, like those PSA holders. I wish Jimmy Spence would do, would get it, get his act together and get that done. I've been nagging him for years. I wonder, why he, I wonder why he doesn't do it. Just cost, do you think? 
Well, he was working with Beckett years ago, and he has the room in, in his office, which I've been in numerous times, but he hasn't done it. When we get him on the show, that's going to be one of the questions we're going to have to hammer him with. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll reach out. I'll, re I'll reach out to uh, to him this week and see if we can get him in the next week or two. Okay. Oh, I'd love to. I, you know, I I, I just love hearing some of his stories. Uh, you know, I don't want to ruin one of them about you know his grandfather's collection, but we got to make sure we ask him that question about about his stuff, the autograph stuff from his grandfather. I mean, it's a pretty wild story. It's a true story, so it's funny. Cool. And that that uh the Mickey Mantle and Brooks Robinson item that's a couple hundred dollars that was sent in by Bill Hagel Halig. He is a, another one of our great listeners. So guys, thank you for sending in your stuff. Always great to uh get some cool stuff. I think we got some different stuff this week, this month less, and uh we'll we'll do it again next month. Look forward to it. All right, pal. What else you got? You got anything uh collection yeah, collecting wise this week? Something with these with these three items. Remember, remember everybody out there, the key thing, you know, you're collecting all these great things and you're sending them in. Thank you. But the key thing is making sure that you properly protect and preserve it. Don't just leave it out on the floor or, or in the sunlight or in, in your in, in your lighting in your house, you know, with the wrong temperature. Make sure you take care of it because you know, it's funny. You less I was uh, I went to the, the Shriners show this past weekend. Right. And mm -hmm. people were selling baseballs and all of them were. They, you know, they were, they were coloring and it's just like, well, what the hell, why didn't you just keep that protected and, and not, uh, believe it or not, the toning on the ball, sometimes you, you can't, you can't help it. You know, it's the, you know, the, the oil from your fingers, or sometimes it's just the leather. A lot of Bobby Brown balls, if you notice, have been to uh, toned a lot because of the leather. Yeah. So careful with that. It's too bad because it takes it takes away from the 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 autograph. The it really takes away from the item. Uh yes and no. I mean, when when you have it kind of evenly toned, it gives it gives it that old old look. You know that that antique look. So I mean, some people like it, some people don't. You know, as they say, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, I don't like I don't like it, and it's funny because I I I'm a history guy and I like the. I like when you can show the patina of it and the history of it, but I just, I don't know, it bothers me. Uh, it wouldn't bother me if it's on a McPhail or a Cronin ball and it's got the balls a little tone. You know, that 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 to me is kind of normal. I mean, to find those white, those those are kind of hard. No, I know. It's asking a little much, but um, it's it's still fun. I've been, pick, I've been picking up autograph balls lately. I went, I got a, Dale Murphy signed a ball for me at the show. The, this past uh, weekend, so it was kind of cool. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. We should I also. Know, he do... was so he was so good, wasn't he? We should do a show on guys that we that we should do like a, a top ten guys that are not in the Hall of Fame that should be in the Hall of Fame, and we could probably compare them to guys that are in the Hall of Fame that have comparable stats. All right, I'm making a note. Wait, I gotta make a note for that. Right, we're gonna call we're gonna call this Hall of Famers. Hall yep. of Famers. That should be Hall of Famers. Right, you know, should like, be. Mattingly, like Mattingly, Murphy, Munson, those guys. Louis, Louis, Louis Tion? I don't know. How many, how many lifetime wins did he have? I don't know. Off the top. How about Dwight, Dwight Evans? Then once again, what's his lifetime stats? I don't know. We got to look at that. All right, we're going to, all right, we're going to pick, we're going to, the 10 should be Hall of Famers. All right. 
Al Oliver, I believe, should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, let, we we how about we'll, you and I will do that next week. And any listeners, if you want to send us in names, and it doesn't just have to be baseball. We could do all sports of guys that should be in. I got a friend of mine helped uh, Carl Braun get in into the basketball hall of fame because he was a big Carl Braun fan. I don't so, know. I don't know him. When did he play in the fifties? He played, yeah, in the fifties with the Knicks. My friend was friends with the family, and he actually we actually got to go to the basketball hall of fame as part of the Braun family because he uh, managed to get him in the hall of fame. Well, I mean, and recently we had uh, Jim Cott got in. and um, Cott should have been in a long time ago. No, I agree. And Gil Hodges uh, got in. Just trying to think Hodges, of the another, guys that Hodges another in. guy that's been in a long time. But Thur- Thurman Munson, why, why are we penalizing a guy? Because he didn't have the 10 years, yet, you know, yet no no problem getting Roberto Clemente in. And even though Clemente had great stats, I I have you know first ballot all of it. He's justified. Why not Thurman Munson also? Munson right. was great. Why not Don Mattingly? What did Mattingly do except hurt his back? You know, <laughs> that's just not to how me. About, how about David Wright? Do you is David Wright a hall a hall of famer? I think he is. I do too. I I don't know if he's gonna. I'm not sure he's gonna get in now. But well, we might, we'll we'll get a new, we'll get we're gonna get a, a couple guys in next week I think or two a couple weeks we get yeah I think Beltre will get in next week Adrian Beltre yeah he's good I re- I really like him how about Carlos Beltran <coughs> I think the cheating scandal hurt him I hurt think him a lot I think I think he is a Hall of Famer he was a he was a terrific hitter oh uh, wasn't he 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 was a great hitter. All right, bud. Well, thank you. Let's do. We'll do the Hall of Fame. Should be Hall of Famers. I think we'll do that next week. I'm going to run, reach out to Jimmy Spence. We'll see if we can get Jimmy Jimmy Spence on as a guest with, with you and I. And uh, guys, if you have any items that you'd like less to give his opinion on, send them on in. We will do another uh, appraisal opinion in what are we in December? Right? We'll do one in December. And all you know, I was just thinking we should have Jimmy on. We should try to get Steve Grad on. It'd be interesting. See, yeah, Steve Grad. Steve Grad is a uh, is a celebrity, though, right? He's a- <laughs> <laughs> well, so is Jimmy Spence. Jim, you know what people don't realize with Jimmy that before JSA, before PSA, Jimmy used to be at shows as a dealer, and people would bring him stuff and ask him his opinion. This is before authentication was what it is now, and Jimmy was doing that just for his customers and friends. So. Tell me he is in a, a trailblazer. And I don't yeah. know if you know this. Before he did that, he was also at show-off collectibles where he would frame, Matt and frame stuff. I had some stuff framed by him. That's so cool. Jimmy is Jimmy is evolved in this hobby like nobody I've known ever in this industry. All right. Well, we, we will try to get Jimmy back on. I think we'll, we'll, we'll have a fun show. All right, buddy. You have a great week. And next week we're going to do uh, should be Hall of Famers. That put that on your uh, mark that down for your calendar. And we're going to talk about uh, the guys that should be Hall of Famers. I'd like to talk about them as autograph signers as well. All right. Absolutely. All right, buddy. You have a good week, and we will uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Go Yankees. Go Knicks. Go Rangers. <laughs> Hot stove, my friend. Go Hot Jets. stove. Take care. All right. Bye. 
Did you know you can get your cards graded for under $10 with CGC cards? That's right. With an Elite membership, bulk grading costs just $9.60 a card. It's one of the best deals in grading. CGC Cards has a reputation built on trust, with their expert and impartial service for sports, non-sports, and trading card games. For less than $10, you can get your cards graded with an Elite membership. Go to cgccards.com today. Well, Drew, we had some. We got some really cool stuff. Uh, we uh, he appraised a Colton Fisk autographed baseball that had like seven or eight uh, um, notes in it. What, what, are, what are they called? Oh, inscriptions. Inscriptions. Seven or eight inscriptions. He we did a um, a uh, autograph of Mickey Mantle and Brooks Robinson photo, and we did a, a Sports Illustrated autograph by the four core four of the Yankees. So those are, those are the things we looked at. And uh, thank you guys for sending in your stuff. Keep up the good work. We will do another appraisal in December. And Les, thank you for offering your opinion. And we love to love talking with Les. Well, thanks, Les. Right, Drew. Next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is sponsored by CGC Cards. All card grading, all in one place. Certified guarantee company, CGC. Devoted to the expert grading of collectible cards. Visit cgccards.com today. Joe, we have some grading numbers from our friends at germate.com. We do indeed, covering the week of October 30th through November 5th. Two companies down, one up, one with no numbers. We've got PSA down a bit, 4% drop for them, but still 261,600 cards going through their offices. Beckett also down a bit, a 3% drop for them, down to 16,500. Still a very busy week for them. SGC up 14%, 31,200 cards that they've graded during that week. CGC, no numbers from them. Looks like we're going to be getting monthly numbers from them, at least, hopefully. I mean, we did last month with, uh, got the monthlies, but no weeklies. Looks like it might be the same kind of pattern here. Do you have any any cards you're waiting to send off to get graded? Not right just yet. I'm, I, I'm, I, that, I can always find something I can consider going and getting graded or authenticated or something like that, but. Usually I just try to wait around until it was like a sale or something like that. And then it's like, all right, let's get on this now. But right now, no, nothing, nothing just yet. Well, I know you've been on a big um, Hall of Fame rookie. Yes. Push. So I'm sure you have a ton of stuff that you want to get authenticated on, on that end, no? Yeah, definitely. I've got, I mean, like back when uh, Beckett had a sale a few, maybe about a year or so ago. And like I got my, uh, one of my, my uh, first Mike Mussina rookie uh, slabs, my, uh, Ryan Sandberg, 83 Opeachy, got that one slapped as well. And it just builds up from there. So I'll always have a few that I can send in and get done there. So, yeah, I've always got stuff in mind, at least, for a potential slapping. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you, Jim Rate. Thanks for the numbers. We are going to go right into the Big Three. This week's Big Three is brought to you by GemRate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at GemRate.com. The big three, the big three. Big three is uh, we get these numbers exclusively from gemrate.com. And these are the risers and fallers because we haven't come up with anything better. Risers and fallers, guys that whose um, grading statistics have risen from one week to the next. Uh, this week, we had uh, Therese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers. He was up 46%. Josh Jung, Young, Jung, what do we call him? Young, 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 Young right? Josh yep. Jung from the uh, Texas Rangers was up 44%, and Corbin Carroll was up 36%. Uh, 
no surprise there on, on any of those guys. The NBA season just started. Two guys that were in the playoffs, two rookies that uh, really excelled. Um, the grading numbers for Corbin Corbin Carroll's 2023 Topps Chrome rookie card was up 20% over the past week, and it was the most it was most his most graded card. So that was the feature card for the week. Um, but those are our risers, Drew. Who was our fallers? And hopefully that chainsaw in the background isn't making it through too clearly. Yeah, we don't hear it. Don't hear it at all. Okay, that's good. They're doing something outside there. But yeah, the three big fallers for the week, all quarterbacks. Uh, Josh Allen down 43%. Kenny Pickett down 47%. Joe Burrow down 51%. Little surprised on Burrow because you know he's bouncing back here from some uh, injury slowdowns early on in the year, but not real surprised on Kenny Pickett. He just has not really panned out there for the Steelers that much. Josh Allen has just been kind of inconsistent here lately. So uh, not too surprised on those. A little surprised on Joe Burrow, though. I'm I'm so out on Kenny Pickett. So out on Kenny Pickett. He he is not the guy. I still think Joe Burrow is the guy. I really do. I, out of all these guys, I think Joe Burrow is the guy. I like Tua. I don't know if Tua is going to stay healthy, but I do like him as a, a player. And, uh, you know, I think Josh Allen has proved himself that he's kind of He's not Pat Mahomes, but he's kind of the next level down, right? Would you agree? He's on the level of like a Philip Rivers, where he's going to be solid for a long time. You can put your team in his hands, and he's going to get them to the playoffs. It's just, does he have enough to get them over the top? And that's going to be the big question for his entire career, I think. I know. He makes a lot of mistakes, doesn't he? Make yeah. And I think he's, um, that's part of the, what makes him good is he isn't afraid to try to try stuff. But he does seem to make a, a lot of mistakes that can cost the team a win. And especially when you get in the playoffs and you're playing against great defenses, you can't do that. You just yeah. can't. All right. Thank you, our friends at gemrate.com for the my, my favorite thing, the big three. We love the big three. Exclusive stats. You're only going to find them here at TTM Cast. All right, buddy. Now it is time for stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. Have you had breakfast yet? I have not yet. I've got my coffee right here, just waiting on it to cool down. I've got, I've got this Yeti mug here that I absolutely love, but the problem with it is that you put the coffee in there, and when it's sealed off, it holds that heat in real well. So it's like, okay, great, your coffee's still warm, you know, an hour and a half later, but still undrinkable an hour and a half later. Just That's about. funny. I, yeah. I I have never drank a cup of coffee in my life. Oh, wow. I am not a coffee guy. I do, I, I do not. My, Paula loves it. My daughter loves it. But me and my, me and my son, we don't drink coffee. Um, but I'm going to do I'm going to do a food thing. So I will do mine and then you'll do yours because I'm, I'm really interested in yours. OK, Sounds so good. my uh, TTM cast stamp approval and I always I give it really serious thought. TTM cast stamp approval has become an important dinner subject in, in this house. <laughs> Paul is very concerned with what I do for TTM stamp for approval. Andrew always likes to give a, uh, his input, and it we I always give it a lot of thought. So it, it it's we we do not take stamp of approval lightly. So I hope you understand that, guys. That if you get a stamp of approval, you've earned it, right, Drew? Absolutely. I mean, I usually am sitting here like half an hour before going on, still kind of racking my brain, like what am I going to go with for this week? And I have to ask my wife, you know, what, what, what do we do this week? What, what's worth, you know, giving stamp approval on? And there's times she's like, what the hell did we do? I don't know. Oh my God. We're both sitting there <laughs> trying to think of something. And it's like, aha, we've got this. Let's go. With I that. know. You know what? I don't want to give stamp approval to something that is inferior. 
Yeah, I really don't. So, so this week's stamp of approval is we. I haven't had it in a couple weeks, but I'm going to give it to Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza is a national chain. I believe uh, LeBron James is part owner, right? Is he? Is I don't know if he's a hundred percent owner, but he he's he's got his fingers in the in the the pie, so to speak, right? He's definitely a major investor in it. Yeah, I don't know exactly how much, but yeah, he is he is involved. Well, I don't know if you guys. It's funny because if you remember. On Seinfeld, way back in Seinfeld, when Kramer was like, I want to have a place so you can make your own pie and people can go and make their own pie. That's what kind of Blaze Pizza ended up being. You go in and you, and you tell them what crust you want. You tell them all the toppings you want. You tell them what sauce you want. You tell them, you know, I get, I always get the hot sauce. I love the, do you, do you get the hot sauce? I usually do. They've got a, there's another, there's a uh, kind of rival company there's called Pie Five that's also nationwide and they have a very good hot sauce as well. Yeah, they have a great hot sauce. And then the cheese, you can tell them what cheese you want. And uh, I love the garlic. They, the garlic crust is a big, big fan of the garlic crust. And the best thing is it's a thin crust. You can get uh, gluten-free and all sorts of keto pizza. Uh, Paul likes getting that. But you get it. And it's an, You get your individual pizza. And it's good. You eat like three or four slices for, for your dinner. And then you get, you get a couple slices for, for lunch the next day. Yeah. And it's not that expensive. It's it's a it's a good pizza. So I know we were talking we were talking pizza last week, and you hate Domino's. So it's not that 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 crust chewy dumb like that Domino's has. It's a thin crust pizza that I like that thin crust. So I I'm I'm I go for that one. But my stamp of approval goes to Blaze Pizza. Did it make you hungry? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> I, I might have to go there for lunch now without you mention it. So it's so good. It's just so yeah. good. Yeah. All right. What's yours, my friend? All right. My stamp approval for the week is uh, comedian Tom Segura. I hadn't really uh, known much about him. I'd like heard of him and stuff before, but never really watched any of his stand up. And then my wife found a, had uh, found a few clips of his that she would be watching and stuff. She's like, okay, yeah, we got to check the full stand up out. Like, all right, cool. So highly recommended uh his most recent stand-up uh, special is called sledgehammer and it can be found on netflix he's got i think like five or six netflix specials total that he's done over time now but that's the most recent one it came out this past year and it is just hilarious he's got a i mean really runs the gamut of anything that you they expect a comedian to talk about up there but he's also really good friends with burt kreischer and i am a big fan of burt kreischer going back to when he was doing uh burt the conqueror on He's like the Travel Channel or something like that that he uh, did that show on. But, I mean, Burt Kreischer is absolutely amazing, and he hangs out with uh, Tom Segura a lot. They actually have a podcast together as well. So, where, do you know where he's from, Drew? Where I... Tom Segura, I think possibly Florida, I want to say. From okay. Florida, do you know? Yeah, my wife doesn't know, unfortunately. But I know he's uh, he's like, I think, like, half Peruvian as well, which is interesting combination there. But, uh I think, yeah, I think if I remember right, he's from Florida, because I know that's where, uh, um, that's where Kreischer is from. Kreischer actually, Kreischer was actually mentioned in, uh, they did a, uh, Rolling Stone did an article in the mid-90s on partying in colleges, and they did this article on, like, the biggest partier at the biggest party school in the entire country, and that guy's name was Burt Kreischer. <laughs> Before he became a comedian or anything like that, he was known as this, like, gigantic partier who had been in college for, like, eight years, basically. It's it said the the National Lampoon's Van Wilder is based on him. So, uh, but yeah, he made he kind of made his name there, and then became a comedian and Bert the Conqueror and all this other stuff. But uh, yeah, so he's uh, good friends with Tom Segura, and Segura has kind of 
got his uh, stand-up career launched with uh, a little bit of his help and everything, and they still do a podcast together. But highly recommend it. Check out Tom Segura and Sledgehammer on Netflix. All right, Drew. I am def- I'm going to check it out this week, all right? I'm going to yep. definitely check out his special. I look forward to it. I love when I f- we find new comedians. And, uh, I, it, you know, it's, sometimes you get you see guys – and you're like, oh, that's who that is. You know what I mean? Like, you, right. you don't remember. Like, I'm sure, sure I've seen him on a lot of things, but I just don't, I can't picture him for some reason. So, yeah. If he, I, he's, he's bald with a beard. That's the best way I can describe him there. But yeah, that's, yeah. Bald with a beard. I know a couple guys like that. <laughs> yeah, that really narrows it down. So, all right, buddy. Well, thank you guys. That wraps up TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up is the Vern Rap Minute. Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rapp, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request to him. We do this as a special uh, service to all our TTMers out there. So you're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to someone who passed in the world of sports and celebrity. This week, we're really stuck to just the sports because we had a lot of people in the world of sports who passed away. Uh, Drew, we lost Lee Richard. Lee Richard played uh, shortstop for the Chicago White Sox and St. Louis Cardinals from 1971 to 1976. He played in 239 MLB games. He was one of those kind of utility, good good field, no hit, right? Yeah, speedster, absolute speedster out there. Too. Yeah, they called him I, rem- I remember speedster. Um, and I know you got him for your 1972 set. Um, yep. And I know he was a pretty good TTMer. Lee Richard was 74 years old. Uh, we lost Early Thomas. Early Thomas was a defensive back, played at Colorado State in college, then got into the NFL for 71 games between 1970 and 75, playing for the Jets and the Broncos as a corner. His last TTM was in 2019. Early Thomas was 76 years old. Drew, we lost another footballer, Bill Beals, who was a um, he played for the Miami Dolphins. I believe he was an offensive lineman. Um, he played three games for the Dolphins in 1987. He didn't do TTMs. Bill Beals was 60 years old. In the hockey world, we lost uh, Donald Sandy McGregor. He played two games as a member of the New York Rangers back in the 1963-64 season. Not a TTMer. Sandy McGregor was 84 years old. I love these guys that played one or two games in, oh, in, yeah. in whatever. I just, I just, I don't know why. I, I really love those guys. Um, we lost Matt. Ulrich. Matt was an offensive lineman. He played for the Colts in 2006. He happened to be on the Super Bowl team. Uh, that was the team that they won. They won the Super Bowl with uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, he last CTM'd in 2017. Matt Ulrich was only 41 years old. Uh, we lost Dennis Higgins this week. Dennis was a pitcher for several teams from 1966 to 72. Went from the White Sox to the Senators to the Indians to the Cardinals. He actually uh, was a 22-game winner across his career with 46 saves in 241 Major League appearances. Dennis was an excellent TTMer. Last signed back in August, he was 84 years old. 
Yeah, I know he had a really good year in 1969 with the Senators. He would Ted Williams. I believe it was I don't know if he was the closer for them, but he had a that was kind of his best year. Uh, Drew, we lost Leo Burke. Leo Burke was an outfielder, infielder. He played for the Orioles, the Angels, the Cardinals, and Cubs from 1958 to 1965. He only appeared in 98 uh, Major League games. He was kind of one of those guys that that, that got called up at the, the end of in, in September every year. You know, um, yep. he had he hit nine home runs and 45 RBIs during his MLB career. He was a good TTM. He last TTM'd in June of 2023. Leo Burke was 89 years old. Uh, we lost uh, Bobby Gindin this week. Bobby Gindin was a former member of the Red Sox, played first base and outfielder. Another guy who didn't stay up in the majors for long. He was one for eight during his uh, time in the majors there. So he at least got a hit. That's more than I've ever been able to do in baseball. So good for him on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, uh, good TTMer. He's last signed in March of 2022. Bobby Gindin was 80 years old. True, we lost Ed Winseniak. Winsen Ed Winsenyak. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take it right there. He was a yeah. third baseman shortstop from 1956 to 57 with the Chicago Cubs. He played 32 games. He was an okay TTM. He last TTM'd in uh, 2016. Uh, Ed was 94 when he passed away. I we lost a uh, Mike Repon this week. Mike Repon was a wide receiver. Played in 1973 to 75 with the Chicago Bears, the Washington Redskins, and the Chicago Fire of the World Football League. So, wow, two Chicago teams there in his career. Not known to be much of a TTM. He had one TTM success back in June of 2019. Mike Repond was 72 years old. Drew, we lost the Dragon, Dick Drago. He went. He was a good pitcher. He played for Kansas City, the Red Sox. He plays. I think he had like three or four tours with the Red Sox. He'd play for two years with the Red Sox and then get traded and come back and get signed for a free agent and come back. He also played with the Angels, the Orioles, and the Mariners. Uh, from 1969 to 1981, he won 108 games, 58 saves. Drew, you want to tell him what what, what is the, one of the claims to fame for Dick Drago? He gave up the last home run, home run number 755 to Hank Aaron back in 1976 pretty good huh yeah I, I would like to have that on my resume that is that's something that i would like to have on my resume absolutely dick drago he played on the 75 red sox team that went to the world the world series and uh, i've met him a couple times i met him at various shows he was kind of a, a low you know he didn't live locally but he seemed to pop up every once in a while and he was very nice loved loved talking baseball uh dick drago was 78 years old Kind of makes you wonder, like, who gave up Hank Aaron's first one? Because, I mean, everybody knows that, well, we now know that Drago gave up the last one. Everybody knows that uh, Al Downing gave up, you know, the record breaker. Yep. Like, all right, what, what would it take to have a baseball side by all three of those guys? You know, Did you, a... you know what? I, I I have no um proof of this, and it's just my feeling. But I don't know why. I just feel like Al Downing grooved one of Aaron to live so he could break the record. I just don't it's know. It's entirely why. possible. I know. You know I, what I mean? I, I, I can't that. say that, that I have no reason at all. No reason at all. But I just like, you know, like you remember um, Danny McClain grooved it to, yes. to Mickey Mantle so he could get his home run. And yeah, I'm sure there's times where it didn't matter and they were like, the you know, let I love this guy. He's a, you know, he was a great friend. And, you know, if you and I were going up against you there and you needed a, you, you needed a hit to get to 3000, I, I would, I would serve one up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like have my name just attached to some random, you know, thing like that. Yeah. Do it. So, okay. That's we're going to ask. Okay, guys, we need to know how, um, you know what? Let's do this, Drew. I have one 
TTM cast t-shirt left. Right. It's a large. Okay. I will, we will give that TTM cast t-shirt. I only have large. So if you're a big guy, it's not for you. You give it to your son, but uh, we need to know who Hank Aaron hit his first home run off of. And we need to need to know the circumstances of it. Like the date of it was it, did it win a game? Uh, what happened to the guy that gave up the home run? Is it some, cause I don't know. I don't know what off the top of my head. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I could look it up. So let's just say that too. Don't Google it. Don't go on, you know, baseball reference or wherever and look it up or anything like that. Let's see who knows it off the top of their heads. That's, yeah. and I mean, scouts on around this. We have no way of proving it either way, but yeah, let's, let's, yeah. All right, and we want to we want to like uh, we want two paragraphs on Hank Aaron's first home run, and uh, you send it to us at, at our email address, which is ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right, we'll send. Well, I'll send you a ttmcast T-shirt. My last one. Uh, yeah. It is a large, so if you're a big guy, give it to your wife or give it to your kid. Uh, I don't have any. I don't have any else. That's all. I got one left. <laughs> but it is a cool T-shirt, right, Drew? Yes, it is. It is for sure. All right. Drew, who else did we lose? All right, yeah, continuing on. Back back to the topic at hand here. Uh, Walter Brown died this week. Walter was a center, basketball center. I mean, you've got centers in every sport just about, but basketball center at the University of Kansas. Played in the NBA from 1971 to 79, and, well, the ABA as well, looks like, on here, because he's, we've got the Lakers, the Carolina Cougars, the Spurs, the Squires, the Nuggets, the Pistons, the Bulls, all on there. So bounced around a lot across those years. Uh, not a TTMer. Walter Brown was 73 years old. And finally, we lost another ABAer, uh, Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan played 71 games for the Indiana Pacers from 75 to 76, which was, I believe, the last year of the ABA, right? I think so. Sounds right. That's last year. Uh, Charles Jordan was 69 years old. All right, bud, that wraps up uh, the Vern Rap Minute. Our uh, we are sorry for your loss. If he goes out to anyone that lost anyone this week, let's just get right into TTM returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. Drew, as we said in the onset, we're not doing that well in these returns. We, we I got a lot out too. I, I got, I only got two this week. You got one. Um, uh, you think they're putting a boycott on it? <laughs> I don't know. I think I maybe I'm just picking some of the wrong ones to send to and stuff. I don't know. But I mean, to be fair, I have not sent out a ton lately. And I've got, you know, a pile, like I said, here that I need to actually sit and write out here this weekend. So hopefully that hopefully my luck's going to start changing here soon once I get those out. All right. Well, I'll do my two and then you can do your, your one and we'll, we'll we'll just kind of hang our head in shame. OK, I, yeah, I got no. I got Raymond Butler. Raymond Butler played for the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I got a pile of cards here. I gotta go find I gotta go find the stupid return. Here it is. It says 1980. Uh let's see what it is. 1982 tops card. He okay. was a wide receiver. He signed uh uh personalized it to Jeff. Best uh regards Raymond Butler. He put his number 80 in there. Um and it only took a couple weeks. I also got um two returns from Mark Malone. And I didn't realize I don't you hate when I sent out a, re a request to him. Um, I don't know a while ago, and then I must I I, I must have sent out one to him a couple of weeks ago, and I got both of them back in different oh. uh, in, in different uh, envelopes. So I don't know if he put two and two together then I sent them both out, but I did get his uh, him on his 1987 tops card, and uh, it's pretty cool. He signed his signed his name, no number, in blue sharpie, and I got um him on his pro set card, which I think this is 
80, his 89 pro set card when he played okay. for the San Diego Chargers. So those are my two returns for the week. Nothing earth shattering, but um, you know, we got it. I sent out a bunch last week and two weeks ago. So hopefully we are we'll get a full mailbox this week because uh, I can't I can't live with two returns, Drew. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, it's kind of a I mean you still did better than me in there, but yeah, that's definitely a slow week, sure. So like I said, uh, you did better than me where I had my one return this week, but uh, it's one that I've been wanting to get for a while. Mike O'Connell, former uh, defenseman for, let's see here, he was with the Chicago Blackhawks. He played for the Boston Bruins. He went to the Detroit Red Wings. I think that was it for his career after that, but uh, following his playing career, he went back to the Bruins, worked in their front office, was their GM for a number of years, I think from the mid-90s to about the mid-2000s or so. Uh, after that, I think he went out to the Kings and worked in their front office, and he's currently in the Flyers' front office. Not sure what he's doing there, but the uh, I sent it to the Flyers, and it came back postmarked from Brockton, Massachusetts. So he's clearly still okay. living in Massachusetts there, probably just doing a lot of work from home, I would guess, there with whatever he's doing in the Flyers' front office. But he signed uh, everything I sent to him, including uh, the 88-89 set card right there. No, I, I love that set. I just love it. Yeah, that one came out real nice. And uh, only had one Bruins card. Mostly Red Wing stuff I had on him. But he is in the 81-82 Opeachy set there with the Bruins. Oh, nice. So you can check that one out there. But uh, it's funny. To, I, don't have, I don't have a card of his. I'm going to have to get, grab one. Oh, yeah. It should be able to. I mean, he was in just about everything in the 80s there. So uh, he played for the Bruins. Turnaround? What's that? Was it a quick turnaround? Yeah, it was about a three-week turnaround or so. But, yeah, he played for okay. the Bruins from the 80-81 season all the way up to, like, looks like 85-86. So he's probably got a few more Bruins cards out there at least. But uh, he's a guy I've been wanting to get for a while because, I mean, when I was up in Boston at Emerson there, started doing in-person graphing, that's when O'Connell was still the GM there. And I always had a few cards of him with me and never saw him at any point. I mean, just never seemed to see him out at any time I go to a morning skate. It's like, I can't tell you how many times I got like Jerry Cheevers out there just who happen to be around for it or uh, Johnny Busick at a couple of them. Even Derek Sanderson, I got probably a good three or four times out there. Never saw O'Connell at any point there. So uh, and he wasn't TTMing for a long time either. I started doing it recently. I'm like, all right, let's fire these off. I mean, I've got these ones I've had sitting here for 20 years now. I've got the uh, set card there. and Yeah, about a three week turnaround on him. So super happy to get that one back at least. So. Not a whole lot of stuff I got back, but it was a big one that I've been wanting to get for a while. Yep, very good. Thank you, Drew. Thank you very much. We guys, we promise we're sending out the requests. We're just not getting their yeah. the returns back. So that wraps up returns. Um, let's wrap the show up. I think we we'll, let's put a bow on the show. Sounds good. All right. First, we want to thank our friend Les Wolf, who is uh, we talk to Les just about every week, and he did um, some appraisals, listener appraisals. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. If you do have something you want, it Les to appraise next month just send it in and we will get to it i promise you uh, i want to thank uh, photographer artist uh, collector saber member donna mascarella i hope you enjoyed my interview with donna donna was fantastic please follow her on twitter uh, on wednesday show we're going to have michael reed he's an uh, autograph rookies collect autograph rookies card on in social media and he does he has a lot of stuff, guys. He He's a really good uh, collector, and uh, I follow him on social media and really looking forward to talking with uh, Michael about his collecting. So that will be on Wednesday show. Uh, Wednesday, I will be heading off to the um, Bob Feller of Award for Valor. So we, Drew and I will record the show Tuesday, I promise. Well, it should be up Tuesday night. So if you want to get, want to check that out a little early this week, 
on next Saturday's show, we will have Les Wolf. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, I don't know, five to ten guys that we think should uh, should be in the Hall of Fame but are not and look at their rookie cards and uh, if they sign autographs and all such. So that will be on uh, next Saturday's show. And also, we have a great um, fun interview with Greg Poole from Can Cans Ministries in Greg um, has a card store and he's a collector and he has been using all the profits that he gets from uh, his card store and all his efforts with cards um, to form this ministry. And it's not really a ministry. He just helps out um, poor people, elderly, uh, student, kids, teachers. He's a really uh, fun guy. And we found, we found him through, um, the cards like they defeat they did a feature on him so we're gonna have a uh, talk with greg on uh, next saturday's show drew anything else you want to add before i let you go no i'm just gonna spend the day writing a few letters out here and hopefully we'll uh start getting better weeks than just these one and twosies that we've been having here lately <laughs> all right fingers crossed you have a great weekend my friend uh and i will we will talk to everyone on uh t- on on wednesday but the show's gonna be out tuesday night okay? all right so all right guys Many happy returns, and we will see you on Wednesday. Be good.